He talks right, he knows his stuff, and he knows how to make a girl la- la- laugh. Ladies and gentlemen, from the studios in the wrestling capital of the South, it's another terrific episode of The Binge Buster Show. Please welcome your host, Tony Binge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting edition of the Binge Buster Show, coming to you right here in the studios of Charlotte, North Carolina. Well, actually, Lake Norman, but uh, some people across the world listen to this podcast may not know where uh, uh, where Lake Norman is, but they do definitely know where Charlotte is, the home of the Nature Boy. Uh, but I'm excited about this week's show. Chris is on. Uh, on a little vacation this week, so he will not be joining me. But I do have a special guest. Uh, he is the uh, promoter for the Acoustic Trickster Band, um, and uh, we're going to bring him on right now. All right, fans, welcome to the Binge Buster Show. I have with me right now on the line... Lee Burnett, the promoter for Acoustic Trickster. Lee, how are you? Man, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good, man. uh, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Oh, man, I appreciate you having me. I can't thank you enough uh, for your help. And, uh, and man, I'm excited to talk to you. You Another wrestling fan, somebody from the South. And uh, people don't know where uh, the wrestling capital of the world is, it is right here in Charlotte, North Carolina, man. The home of the Nature Boy, a ton of other great wrestlers from this area still live in this area. Yeah, uh, and, and you know, a lot of people may not know or remember this, but uh, in the mid to, to late um, 80s, Jim Crockett Promotions was alive and well um, here in this area. Uh, of course, they were working, doing shows a whole lot more than, 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 than we are or – WCW or WWE or anybody else, uh, these, these guys were, were uh, putting on shows seven days a week, twice on Saturday, twice on Sunday. They were never home. Uh, but a lot of the wrestlers um, actually lived here around the Charlotte area. Um, as a matter of fact, right here where I live, I live in a little town right outside of Charlotte called Mooresville. And, you know, as, as you and I were talking before, before we went on the air, uh, the uh, one of the old timers, uh, Nelson Royal, uh, lived right here in Mooresville, and uh, he had a Western store. And what a lot of people don't know was in behind the Western store, he had a barn, and he had a wrestling ring in that barn. And uh, a lot of guys would come through the Carolinas in hopes and with dreams of being a wrestler. Um, and from the stories I've heard, uh, several guys were trained, but early on um, he put that ring out there, and he would, he would get Gene Anderson uh, would would come by and stretch these guys out and uh, try to separate, I guess you, you would say separate the men from the boys, uh, the ones that would uh, last through uh, the ass kicking, uh, got trained, and the ones that uh, were too soft got the crap beat out of them right there in that uh, horse barn. Oh, yeah, I have heard stories uh, from the area about Gene showing up, and, and uh, you know, not many people made it through that. You know, I don't know if I could make it through uh, Gene Anderson stretching no. <laughs> and the kind of torture uh, they put. That, that's not really training, 
that's just uh, punishment and whoever can survive the punishment, I guess they, uh, they went on later to, uh, to learn the business, but yeah, you know, Nelson, uh, from this area, you know, oh man, if in, anybody and everybody from, uh, Crockett promotions lived in this area at one time or another, I think, you know, Cornette was here. Magnum TA was here. Uh, I, I visited, uh, Wahoo McDaniels, uh, wrestling school one time. And, uh, you know, Everybody who's anybody was here. I think uh, Sting, uh, Nikita Koloff, you know, all these guys were uh, in this area at one time or the other. Yeah, and and uh, a, a, a lot of things a lot of people may not know is not only did they live here, but and they were wrestlers, but they all a lot of them a lot of them had uh, a business on the side because uh, uh, you know as, as you mentioned, uh, you know Nelson Royal had his uh, Western store, and as a matter of fact, it's still here. And if you come to Mooresville on Highway 150, uh, you can go there and buy you a pair of cowboy boots. And right above the uh, cash register, they have framed the original NWA World Junior Championship belt, the same belt. Uh, it was, as a matter of fact, it was the very last uh, belt that they used uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the NWA um, strictly for that title. Um, and, it, and he has it framed there. And to my knowledge, only two people held that uh, uh that that edition of the belt and that was uh Nelson Royal and Lasertron which was actually Hector Guerrero um yep. but 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 Nelson had his store there well Jimmy Valiant the Boogie Woogie man my trainer um he had a um uh he had me uh uh, uh not me but uh he he had a, a flower shop Jimmy Valiant had a flower shop in Charlotte where his wife at the time um uh and uh, uh, he um, he had the flower shop there in Charlotte. Uh, Paul Jones, uh, a big rival of Jimmy Valiant, uh, he had a car dealership in Charlotte. Um, so, uh, and and of course, uh, uh, probably the one of the most famous things in Charlotte during that time, Ricky Steamboat had Steamboat's Mid Atlantic Gym. Um, uh, uh, he had that here for several years. And as a matter of fact, when they shut the business down, was going out of business. Our good friend George South went there with his pickup truck and took the sign down, and I think now he has that sign from <laughs> from that at his house. So, uh, so he does, so, you know. It, it, he uh, and George has got his his school there, uh, so you know I've been there a time or two, and uh, it's it's really neat to to go see that stuff. And uh, they run a, another business out of there as well. Um, so it, it's really a, a mecca. Of I grew up in the uh, the the Newton Conover area, Hickory of uh, North Carolina, and I'll never forget. Uh, Ten years old, uh, nineteen eighty six, uh, my mom and dad took me to my first wrestling match at the old Charlotte Coliseum. Oh yeah, never forget Independence yeah, Arena. And, oh, Independence Arena, and the, to this day, one of the the loudest things I've ever heard was. Uh, the screams from people when the Rock and Roll Express yeah. went to the ring. Yeah, and uh, there's some really good video on YouTube of uh, that era uh, in Greensboro. Actually, uh, the Rock and Roll Express going to the ring, and people are going nuts, man. And that's it, I, I hate the fact that the internet has kind of killed that part of the excitement. But there's still uh, quite a bit of excitement uh, for, for wrestling shows these days. But I just I, I feel like that uh, the the excitement 
from 1986 uh it's, it's still yet to be matched yeah uh and I, and i don't think it ever will um it, it's funny you say that uh when you talk about uh the rock express uh i remember back um i can't remember the year uh just a few years back maybe 2018 but wwe came to greensboro and they they came around thanksgiving uh time and uh, they uh, called the, the show Tribute to Starcade, and they brought in uh, Steamboat and Rockwell Express and all these guys. Well, um, I, was sitting on, I was sitting at home. My, my wife and family had decided to, uh, uh, I, I believe they, they either went to the beach or they went to, to Boston. But anyway, whatever, they, 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 they left for the weekend. I was at home by myself, and, uh, and then somebody had, had messaged me and said, Hey, uh, Tony, are uh, are you are you going to go to uh, WWE in Greensboro? And I said I don't know. Uh, I said um, I said to me, I said I'm I'm such a big NWA fan. Uh, I said I would feel almost like I was uh, turning my back on them. I said for one, you know they're running Greensboro, which was always the home of the NWA and Jim Crockett Promotions. But not only that, but they're calling it Starcade. Uh, I, I don't know. But then the other, the, but then the other side. That, that, which what made me decide to go to the show was, hey Tony, um, when you was a kid, your dad brought you to the Greensboro Coliseum to see Starcade '85 and Starcade '86. So yeah. why, so why not go? Because this will probably be the very last Starcade ever held in Greensboro. At least you can say you you you, you went you went. So I was like, okay. So I went online and I've I found a, a ringside ticket, and so I went and. Um, just so happened, I get I get there, and the the little the girl at the time that was being the ring announcer before the show started, she's going around interviewing different people in the crowd, and so she comes walking out. And she's like, "Hey, anybody um uh, anybody here uh, been to any, been to any of the other Starcades here in the Greensboro?" And I just raised my hand, thinking, "Okay, she's asking questions," and she's like, "Sir, can sure. I get a word with you?" And I'm like, "Whoa, wait a minute, I am about to cut a freaking promo at Starcade in Greensboro." <laughs> I got to make this thing the best because I, I mean, <laughs> right? So, so in in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm walking over there. I had to walk, I walked past about 15 chairs to get to her, and and as I was walking, my mind was just was, was racing, and I was like, okay, what do I do? Do I just go out there and answer her questions like a fan, or do I try to cut a promo like a wrestler? Uh, and the worst they can do is turn my microphone off, right? So. Sure. So anyway, she says, uh, can you tell me which uh, Starcade that you came to? And I said, yeah, I've been to 85 and 86 right here in Greensboro. And um, she was like, oh, I said, but let me tell you something. And I started going in my wrestling promo. I said, I said, Greensboro was our Madison Square Garden. I said, and nobody. Oh, f- f- so, 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 so I'm going to get ahead of my story. So first, when she says, uh, she says, hey, which Starcade did you come to? And I said, 85 and 86. I said, hey, guys. I said, we are in flare country. No, I I said, we are in horseman country. And when I said that, (laughs) the whole Coliseum started wooing, right? And then I'm getting getting the goosebumps, and I'm like, all right, here it is. I'm going to cut a frigging promo. I'm going to talk just like a wrestler. And all all, the, the worst they can do is cut my microphone off. So, right. so after I got the woo going, I said, you know, I said, what a lot of people don't understand and, and will never understand is standing here in this Greensboro Coliseum and hearing the Rockland Express's music hit, you hear the drum and that's all you hear. 
the place goes crazy. The roof comes off. I said, nobody will ever understand that feeling. Um, I said, nobody was over like the Rock and Roll Express. And when I said that, man, the, the Coliseum started popping again. And then uh, I didn't know, but a lot of my wrestling colleagues were there in the building, and they're they're texting me uh, when I get done. They go, "Dude, you're not you uh, should have been talking like a like a fan." I said, "Don't be jealous. I got to cut a promo at Starcade, and you didn't." <laughs> so, <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. But uh, dude, that's incredible. Yeah, but uh, but it, it was it was great. And then later on in the night, um, Dolph Ziggler uh, was wrestling. Um, the guy that used to be, I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, he used to be in Beer Money. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, Ro- oh, Robert sure. Roode. Bobby, uh, Bobby Roode. Yeah. So, Bobby Roode, yeah. yeah. So him and Bobby Roode had a match. And um, and so Dolph, Dolph got a chair. And when he did, Arn Anderson came in to the ring. And he came in, and the referee jerked the chair out of Dolph Ziggler's hand. And Dolph charged Arn, and Arn picked him up and gave him the spine buster. And then Aaron oh, got the microphone and said, "Old oh, Dolph, welcome to Horseman Country." And I was like, "Aaron heard me in the back." And, the, and to this day, I was like, "And that was a nod, like he was telling me." You know, I, I believe that he said that because I said this is Horseman Country. So a couple yeah. of years ago, or no, last year or this year, I'm sorry, this year, I worked a show for the PWF, and they had Aaron Anderson on the show. And at first, I was like. I'm not going to go to him and and tell him that because that, that must sound like a mark. But sure. he, he kept walking past me and looking at me like he knew me. And um, so I'm like, you know what? What, what I got to lose? What, what's the worst he can do? Call me a mark and tell me, you know, get him out of his face. So whenever I said, excuse me, Arn, I said, I have a question. He said, yeah. I said, you remember that time that uh, WWE done a tribute to Starcase show in Greensboro? He goes, Yes. He goes, I got to do the spine buster right there in the Coliseum, and it felt so good. And uh, <laughs> I said, yeah. I said, well, I said, when you got the microphone and you said, Dolph, welcome to Horseman Country, he said, yeah. And uh, I said, I thought that was cool because there was a guy in the crowd that the girl interviewed, and he said this was Horseman Country. He goes, yeah. He said, that's that's what, what uh, made me go out there and say that because – Somebody, he goes, because somebody in that building remembered the four horsemen. And I said, well, that was me. He said, oh, man, give me a hug. And he hugged me. I thought that was, I thought that was really cool. I was like, I'm over, dude, I'm over Ar- with Arn. Uh, Arn's one of the nicest guys out there. He really is. And uh, I, I've always appreciated what he did and uh, what Flair did, that entire group. Yeah. Uh, those guys are, are so humble these days. It's, it's very rare. I, I run into somebody that is is not and uh he, he refuses to to interact with the crowd uh, they're at you know, wherever they are um or even on the street i've been in several on the street who are just as nice as if you've you know paid to uh, to get a picture or yeah. uh, or an autograph you know these these autograph shows these guys you you kind of expect them to be um you know open uh, but you know, when you just run into them on their time and they're just as friendly, then you, you know, you're, you've got genuine people there and, uh, you know, Magnum TA is one of them. And of course, uh, Ricky and Robert are just assaulted the earth people, uh, the Bobby Eaton, uh, you know, was, and he, uh, what a great guy he was. And I hated to hear when he passed away. Oh yeah. He, he's uh, like one of my favorites. 
Oh, um, uh, I, Chris Jericho had a funny story about a rib where he uh, Bobby called and left a message for him, and uh, instead of the the typical um, number of digits, he uh, he always adds three digits at the end. Mm-hmm. And so you know, just just to confuse you. And so it, Bobby was a great guy, and you know the, that crop of people from uh from the 80s and there'll never be another like them. I mean, you know you've got your rocks you've got your stone colds you've got your undertakers uh but everybody back in the 80s was was marquee i, I don't care if you're uh, a jobber uh, you know the monkeys were as over as anybody at one point oh yeah big time um <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget and uh and i was happy i got to share this story um but when I was a little kid, uh, and I'd watch wrestling on television, but I, I never knew that, that that was something that you could actually go see because I was, I was like seven or eight years old the first time I started watching wrestling. And, um, and I remember uh, my dad brought me to Greensboro for the first time to see my first house show. And back then what they would do, they'd have these house shows, and usually the opening match would be a job guy versus a job guy. And so right. this particular show that I went to, um, it, it had to be in like, um, like early January, February of 1985. And <clears throat> cause Rockland Express, um, excuse me, they hadn't even came in yet. Um, but the opening match was George South versus Rocky King. And oh, so wow. as a little 10 year old kid, I'm watching this match unfold and I'm just like, just staring, like I couldn't even stop. And, uh, and so fast forward 30 years later, 20 years later, whatever. Um, and I'm, and I'm meeting George South and we're hanging out together and we're talking. And so I said, George, I said, uh, I said, I, I, I got to share this story with you. And so I told him, I said, you know, I said, I think it's so cool that you and I are wrestling together and, uh, and we're friends. I said, but I want you to know that, you know, even though Rock Express is, was my favorite tag team, Midnight Express was was my favorite, Ric Flair was my favorite, Jimmy Valiant, I said, but, man, you're the one that captivated me. You, he goes, what do you mean I captivated you? I said, the very first live match I ever witnessed was you versus Rocky King. I said, I'll never, and I've never forgot that match. And I said, and Rocky beat you with a sunset flip. And he says, brother, I don't even remember that, but I believe you. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, so then, uh, you know, four or five years later, George calls me on the phone. He goes, Hey, Tone. He said, I got this show up in uh, Winston Salem. Uh, he said, it's, it's, um, he said it's at a, at a Mexican place. Um, and they're wanting like, like Lucha Libre style wrestling. So I know you got some, some hoods. So bring your hoods and come down to the show. He said, uh, and 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 I got somebody there I want you to meet. And I said, "Oh, okay." And I'm thinking, you know, it's some one of his new trainees or whatnot. But it was Rocky King. So wow. so so I get in the show and he's like, he goes, "Tony," he says, "Come here, I'll, I'll, I'll introduce you to Rocky." And I was like, "Oh my god!" And so I went over there and uh, he introduced me and he said, he, t- he told Rocky, he said, "Rocky," he said, "He said this 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 is one of my good friends, Tony." He says, "And you know, the first live match he ever saw was me against you." And and uh, and then Rocky looked at me. And he saw my gear, and because uh, I was I, wear, I was wearing the old school stuff, 
And he said, uh, well, brother, it looks like we taught you something, right? Cause you, cause you, cause you, you're wearing the right kind of gear. <laughs> and I thought that was, a, that was a pretty good compliment. Um, that is amazing. But, but it, you know, the, the, the wrestling, the wrestling world, the wrestling business, it, it, it's just amazing to me that, you know, I'm still here, <laughs> still wrestling, uh, coming up close, right. to, close to my 30 years, uh, that I've been doing it. But, uh, but really, you know, even though you, know, you and I talked on talked before we went on the air, and you mentioned how you like to be a a a, um, a manager, uh, but even even if, even if you managed me uh, next week, you know you're you're, sure. you're you're in the business. But you you've been in the business long before that because, in my my opinion, I feel like you're in the business when you become a diehard fan, and you know in your heart that that that's something that you're going to do. I, I knew when I, when I was in the fourth grade that one day somehow I was going to be a wrestler. I did, I felt it in my heart and, and it was something that I, that I ate, I bled and I sweat. Uh, and even though I had a lot of people tell me, no, you can't do that. You're too small. No, you can't do that. Uh, I proved them wrong. And, um, and, right. and, and I feel like if you have, if, if, if you have something and it's in your heart, uh, n- nobody, n- nobody but yourself can 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 take that away from you right you know i'll tell you that as far as uh, me actually being a part of a show and and uh, you you know using the manager gimmick and uh, the, the heel manager always fascinated me uh and uh, again stemming from 85 86 87 when uh jim Cornette from the midnight express was absolutely the uh in my opinion the reason people were getting heat, this guy was heat wrapped up in a bundle. And uh, I understood it then and even more today, kind of what he was doing, how he was doing what he was, uh, how he was layering and, and spider webbing um, his comments uh, from week to week to week to uh, the man. I, I think he was a genius and uh, still is a genius, um, but I've always wanted to to have a shot at that kind of role, and and uh, you know see see if I could draw some heat. I think it would be a lot of fun to to try. Yeah. Um. But as far as actually wrestling, man, yeah, I I went to a wrestling school one time uh, with two of my friends, and it was right before WWE Raw, and so. They were in Charlotte. We go to, to town a little bit early. And I'm like, man, they might be working at a gym, you know, working out at a gym somewhere. Let's go. So I went, I knew where all the schools were. And so we went to one and uh, I was told, yeah, man, a bunch of the guys were just here working out. They've already left. And the only person that was still there was a trainer. And he was like, but man, if y'all want to, you know, get in the ring and, and, uh, and see what it's like, go right ahead. And I hope, I guess he was hoping maybe here's some trainees. You never know. Yeah. But, uh, so we got up in the ring and I'll never forget. I, my best friend at the time is still a good friend of mine. His name's Daniel Daniels. I, I, I think he thought that he was in a trampoline, uh, and he goes up into the ring, jumps up and lands flat on his back. I think he still has problems walking to this day. That was oh, I'm sure. But uh, he thought he was in a, you know, on a trampoline. And then the guy gets in the ring and he says, uh, so, you know, have 
he asked if any of us had ever been interested in wrestling, of course. So we're standing there. So, of course, we are. And he says, well, you know, who wants to take a, a you know, suplex? And so I'm like, I don't know if I'll take a suplex. He says, okay, well, if you want, how about body slam? So we all take a body slam. And I'll never forget. First thing he told me was, tuck your chin. Yeah. Tuck your chin. He kept repeating it. Tuck your chin. And uh, he picks me up. The first thing I did is my I didn't tuck my chin. I went down and all, I, I saw stars for the next thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, if I can't tuck my chin on a uh, you know a body slam, then maybe I shouldn't be in the wrestling business. But as far as uh, running my mouth, I believe I could do that. Yeah, you know when when I when you, when you said that it reminded me when I first uh, went to wrestling when when I first went to wrestling camp that 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 was the hardest thing for me was learning okay I'm going up okay right before I hit tuck chin um, and so I, I hit my head a few times and then finally one day um, Ivan Koloff came in he, he came by the camp and and he saw me and a couple of guys struggling learning to take a bump and so he told us he goes guys it's simple he said. Once, once you get that tuck in, it, everything is everything. It's like walking; you never forget. And uh, and so I never forgot that. And then uh, so uh, so once once I got the tuck down, and and I, I was like, man, this bump don't even hurt, you know. And mm-hmm. so I'm in there and and getting by slammed by Ivan Koloff, and uh, uh, <laughs> I was pinching myself. I was like, man, is this real, <laughs> you know? And uh, yeah. so it was pretty amazing. So. Uh, and, and now I look back, you know, all these years later of, of all those times of going to the Greensboro Coliseum or Charlotte uh, as a little kid, uh, I always had that dream one day I'm going to be a wrestler. But you know, it was like one of those things where it was a dream that you you dreamed it, but you you didn't know 100% it was going to come true, but you, you, you kind of wanted to, but you wasn't sure. Um, right. And then once I got into wrestling, like – like all the things I've gotten to do over the years, I look back and go, man, um, never in my wildest dreams would I ever thought that I would be in the ring with the Rock and Roll Express. And, you know, <clears throat> just uh, last year, uh, I wrestled the Rock and Roll Express down in South Carolina. And, uh, and, and, and I was glad I was wearing a mask because, uh, when I was in the ring, <clears throat> I was, uh, uh, you know, in there and, and, and I've wrestled Ricky, numerous times but i've never was in the ring with a rock and roll express and so mm-hmm. and so i'm in there and i'm looking across the i'm looking across the hall or across the ring and i've got you know my my uh my wife and my and my two kids are at ringside and a couple of our friends our close family friends were there and uh and i was like yeah th- this is cool and then once the people started chanting rock and roll rock and roll i was across the ring but and I was in and I was in South Carolina, but in my mind I was in the sold out Greensboro Coliseum. And it was 1986 all over again, <laughs> and uh, and I was just like, I, I could just feel the emotions coming up, and I was like, come on, get your head in the gear, you know. Uh, but I but yeah. for the, for those ten seconds, uh, I was that ten year old kid, but now my dream had came true, and I was wrestling my my childhood heroes. Um, and, right. and, and, and if I didn't wrestle again, uh, that, that moment would, 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 will, and always will be like probably one of my most memorable moments in the wrestling business. So, so that is so cool. And you, you mentioned something a second ago, uh, you were talking about with your wife and kids and men, you know, 
there there are only a few things in my opinion in the world that you can take a hold of in uh, in your life uh, at such a young age like you know you and I both did with wrestling and uh, and another thing is is music and when you you know 10 20 30 40 years later uh, you've got uh, you know spouses and you've got kids and to see them begin to enjoy the same things that you did uh, you know there's no in my opinion greater reward or greater feeling than that and i saw that firsthand um you know i said i was 10 years old when i went to my first match uh, at the independence arena there and it was just uh several months back that then to my entire family went to for the first time uh you know we've got a, a son and a daughter here and uh my 12 he was 12 at the time a 12 year old son at the time and uh eight-year-old daughter took him to smackdown in uh, in charlotte at the spectrum center mm-hmm. and to, to watch them enjoy that the way i did uh those those matches in in 86 yeah uh, it was it was a magical experience yeah well you know w- one of the things that uh that blows my mind was uh just a few months ago i was wrestling down in south carolina and i was on a card with jerry the king lawler mick foley um ftr uh and we're all hanging out back in the dressing room and my uh, wife didn't go to the show but but my son did my and my son's seven years old um and he's a he's, he's your typical seven-year-old kid he, he likes to play his, his uh video game his his uh his n- n- nintendo he brings that with him uh to the shows and uh, and I and I use that to kind of keep him occupied while I do my match. So when I when I come down the hall and I came out of the locker room and went over to catering and uh, I I got got my son a bottle of water and and, and some little snacks and brought them to him and I said now um, hang out right here. Dad's gonna go ahead and have a match and when I come back, you know I'll get showered and then we'll we'll head home. And he's like okay. And so I pulled another wrestler to the side, and I'm like, hey, listen, he won't go anywhere, I promise. He'll sit right there and play the video game and drink his water and eat his snacks. I said, but just make sure he don't go anywhere. And uh, <laughs> he, he's like, he's like, yeah, he's, I got it. No, no worries. And so I go work my match, and when I come back, there's my son sitting next to Mick Foley, and Mick Foley <laughs> is watching my son play the video game. And ask him questions about it, and my son's talking to Mick Foley, and my son has no freaking clue that he's talking to like one of the biggest wrestling stars <laughs> in the world. And at that moment in time, I'm like, "Damn it! I wish I had my my, my phone to take a picture of this because this is just this is amazing, you know?" Um, yeah, isn't Mick one of the coolest people? Alive? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, so I walk over, and I'm like, uh, it, uh, "I said, I said, hey Mick, I said, is he bothering you?" <laughs> and Mick's like, "No, brother." I'm just trying to see how 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 quick this this old guy can can work his fingers. He goes, man. He goes, he. I'm asking him how he's playing this game. It's Pokemon. He goes, I I'm lost on Pokemon. He said, but man, he said he's good. <laughs> I said, yeah. He, he said, how old are you, oh, little man? man? You know. And he's sitting there having a conversation with my son, and my son's totally clueless. And then another show I'm on with Rock Express. Same deal. Uh, I'm walking out the corner, or I'm walking down the hall. And I pass Ricky Morton, 
and Ricky comes up and shakes my hand. And uh, so I go, I go to the ring again. I have that same wrestler to watch my, watch my son. I come back from the ring and there's him and Ricky Morton doing uh, Taekwondo together. <laughs> or, you know, Rick, Ricky's like, <laughs> Ricky's like, you know, give him like, like karate stances and stuff. And, and, and my son's doing it right back to him. And I'm like, man, my son is so lucky and he don't even realize, he don't even know that he's, <laughs> he's back there hanging out with him. But to him, it's just a couple of wrestlers, you know, no, no big deal to him. Yeah. But, but and uh, that's just, a, that's just an example of how cool those guys are. I had a, I had a similar uh, instance. Uh, I had never uh, met Booker T. And so I kind of wanted to meet Booker mm-hmm. and um, my, uh, my son at the time, uh, he was probably six and, I was like, man, come on, we're going to go meet Booker T. And he asked who that was, and I showed him a match or two. And so we go up there, and Booker was so cool to him. And, uh, so, you know, he was taking pictures and high-fiving, and my son's – I got pictures of my son holding the belt, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> and then so I go to uh, – at that particular show, uh, I was singing the national anthem. And so I sing the national anthem – and uh, I'm done with that. I'm walking in the hallway, and my son turns around and uh, walks down uh, the other end of the hallway into this room. And I'm like, where are you going? Where are you going? I go down there, and he has followed Booker into the dressing room oh, and was wow. sitting there talking. To, he had, was sitting there talking to Booker T, uh, just hanging out, and Booker was so cool. Just so cool, and it was like it had nothing faced him. So again, just another example of those people being salt of the earth people oh, yeah. who uh, really appreciate uh, the people around them. Yeah, yeah, for for, for sure. Uh, well, yeah. So so I'm I'm definitely looking forward to having you manage me one night. We'll uh, what we'll, whatever town we're in, I'm sure. We're back about almost ready to to start a riot right there in the building. We're gonna do our best. We're gonna do our best. Everybody listening to the podcast now, you need to stay tuned because you never know where we're gonna show up, and uh, it's gonna be a terrible twosome when we get there. That's true. That's true. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely do it. <laughs> but but before yes, before we get there, uh, one of our our sponsor is the NAWA, uh, and uh, I. I have not had a chance to record a commercial, so I'm going to make the commercial right here live and in living color. So the NAWA returns to the Queen City of Charlotte, North Carolina on Saturday, October the 29th at Devil's Logic Brewing at 1426 East 4th Street. That's downtown uh, of the Queen City, Charlotte, North Carolina. On that great card, you're going to see an action the NAWA heavyweight champion, Big Donnie, as uh, he defends his title uh, against John Matthews. Uh, Also on the card, you're going to see the BNB, the Big Nasty Bastard, as he is going to be in a casket match with none other than Leatherface. Uh, Then we got the NAWA television champion, uh, AJ Frost, as he defends the belt against Cario Lindsay. Um, then we're going to see Catman Dalton Dallas take on Luke Fury. Uh, the last time we were in Charlotte, I pile drove Luke so hard, he had to unzip his pants just to brush his teeth. True story. <laughs> um, then, we, then we got Ted and Max Carnage, the NAWA Tag Team Champions, 
defend against the team of Dre White and Axel Jaggers, uh, and then Thomas Extreme taking on Zay Vega. Uh, that all that great action is coming to you right there at Devil's Logic Brewing. Uh, bell time is 7 p.m. And you know what the best part about this whole show is? What's that? It is absolutely free. No free free show come out and and the, the NAWA is going to be putting on a tremendous event uh free to all the great people right there in NA I'm sorry great great for all the people in Charlotte uh all you got to do is come out to the Devil's Logic Brewing at 1426 East 4th Street um and the name of the show is called the Wicked Brew Bash uh, and uh, I'll tell you what, yeah. that brewery is never going to be the same. It's never going to be the same. It's going to be uh, it, it, it. It may only be there when when the NAWA leaves. Um, so <laughs> so we got so they got that big show uh, on October the 29th. But then mark your calendars because here it is um, the big event of the year, Silver Star 22, coming to you from. The American Legion Hall in Lenore, North Carolina. Uh, bell time is going to be 7 p.m. Tickets for this event is only $10 for adults. Uh, kids 6 to 12 is five, $5. And kids 5 and under are free. They have not announced any of the matches. Uh, but rest assured, Silver Star 22 is going to be one for the ages that you definitely don't want to miss. And what's the date on that one? Uh, November the fifth. November, I'm writing that down. November the fifth. That is my in my neck of the woods, and uh, that'll be a good show. I, I can't wait to hear the card for that. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm waiting for uh for the matchmakers to give me my call and give me my shot at Big Donnie for the heavyweight title, so I can bring it back home and polish it up and put it on my on my mantle. Uh, but uh, but any event, I'm I'm ready for that, and uh, that's gonna be exciting. But now. We're going to switch gears a little bit, talk about excitement, uh, and we talk about being in the Lake Norman area. Now we're, now we're going to, we're going to uh, transfer this podcast to you uh, as you are bringing to Boatyard Lake Norman, uh, that is the region's premier live music venue, uh, Boatyard. Uh, it's located at 18418 Statesville Road in Cornelius, North Carolina, and um, and and you're bringing uh some uh, a classic band uh acoustic trickster tell the people about this that's right man this is going to be an incredible event these guys uh the band trickster from the 90s uh the, they had uh, MTV they were all over MTV you know we, we all remember MTV uh for playing actual music videos and during the the late 90s i'm sorry the late 80s early 90s uh these guys were uh, absolutely in that rotation um the the songs that really put them out there were one in a million and surrender and give it to me good uh the these songs on the on their first album uh were just uh staples on the radio and actually put them on tour with the biggest bands at the time you know they they toured with everybody uh and uh, my favorite show i ever saw them on was uh the blood sweat and beers tour with warrant and trickster and firehouse and uh, that was a great show um you know they uh they were actually discovered by uh, bon jovi and john bon jovi took a liking to them uh these are you know they're from uh, the jersey area 
uh, as is John. And so, uh, you know, John Bon Jovi really took a liking to him, and with a little help from him, they got signed, man, and had had a really, really great career. Uh, broke up for quite a while, as a lot of those bands did. And and that now um, it's Steve Brown, the guitarist and uh, principal songwriter. He you know he wrote uh, mostly everything for that band. And the original bass player P.J. Farley um, have uh, gotten back together. And uh, along with the percussionist, uh, his name is Ben, uh, Ben Hans and uh, Ben's a great percussionist and uh, they are going around as a, an acoustic act, but it's not really your typical acoustic act. This thing is really upbeat, tons of energy. Um, Steve plays every solo as it was written um, on and as it was recorded, you know, uh, except on acoustics. And uh, he plays the guitar behind his head, like like Hendrix. I mean, it, this this is an, an incredible show, and I was super uh, pumped after the uh, the stadium show, uh, the stadium you know uh, event that went around the country with uh, with Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, Lita, not Lita, but um, Joan Jett, and I was I was stoked, man, with that kind of music was selling out these big arenas and i was like you know i had just talked to their management tricksters management uh, last year and uh, this show just fell in my lap and i was like you know what this would be a great opportunity to bring an original band back to town after a decade and uh, and just let people come out and hear them again because they're still doing it as well as they ever have yeah that, that yeah that's pretty amazing um, and, and I really think that the stadium tour had really opened up a lot of doors for a lot of bands. Cause it seems like since, uh, since the stadium tour, uh, hit the road, uh, this past summer, uh, there's a lot of bands, uh, from that era that are, are hitting the road. And, uh, uh, I, I saw that, uh, journey's coming. Um, so, uh, what, what's so cool is like, like a lot of people don't realize this probably, but, um, you could listen to those to that music from the eighties, uh, and it doesn't sound old. Like it doesn't sound outdated. Like, uh, you know, the music of the fifties or sixties. Uh, you know that that music kind of had a sound, and like you know, okay, that that music's not not old, but but it's classic. But 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 when right. you, But but when you hear bands like Trickster and Motley Crue and Bon Jovi, uh, it just seemed like that music just don't it don't age. It just sounds. It sounds, it sounds great. <laughs> it's got a freshness to it that still is there, and you know the the grunge movement put an end to that, you know, in the early nineties. But I, I, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say that some of the stuff from Poison, some of the stuff from Tricksters, some of the stuff from, uh, you know, those those type of bands holds up in some respects better than a lot of the stuff that came out in the nineties. Uh, that that you know were part of that grunge movement. Although I do love a lot of that stuff, don't get me wrong. But there's a freshness to this this music now, and uh, I I loved it back then. I love it now. And I, I was telling their manager, I was like, you know what, this is uh, exciting for me because I I just love the band, so I'm excited to be there, much less be the one to actually make it happen. You're right. So uh, you know I, what I really want people to do. I mean, here's the thing that we talked about wrestlers who really appreciate the people that put them there. These guys 
appreciate the people who put them there. They, you know, for this show that's coming up on the 28th at the boatyard of October, I mean, it's a free meet and greet after the show. I mean, they're not asking for anything uh, other than you come out, you buy a ticket, you come out, you enjoy the show. They're going to come talk to you afterwards. They're going to sign anything you bring to the show. They're going to take any picture you want. They, uh, you know, they really, really want to connect with their, with their fans in every way possible. Um, you know, so it, it, it just it is a really cool thing to watch. Uh, them interact with people who have been fans with them for 25, 30 years. Yeah. And, and what's cool about, about that, what you just said um, is they're not charging for that meet and greet. So unlike some no. of the bigger bands, we won't say any names that are charging two grand for a, a you know, 10 second uh, meet and greet. Uh, this one is absolutely free and, and they're, they're going to sign and take pictures. Uh, I mean, I'm, if I was in town that weekend, I'd be there for sure. It's going to be a great show, man. And I'm telling you, uh, as I said, you know, PJ Farley, and it is, he's not just Trickster. I mean, he's the bass player for the band Fozzie, you know, Chris Jericho's band. Uh, he, he has a solo band. Uh, so he's released two solo albums. Uh, Steve Brown is the, uh, the guitar player. When somebody gets sick and Def Leppard, they don't cancel the show. They call Steve Brown. People can go on YouTube and check it out. There's tons of videos with Steve Brown playing guitar instead of uh, Joe, um, uh, not Joe, but I'm sorry, Phil Collin. And uh, he actually plays bass too, and he's filled in for uh, for uh, Rick Savage. So you know, it's he is everywhere. He's uh, just started a Christmas. Uh, uh, he's rehearsing now for a Christmas tour with a, a band called uh, uh, Wizards of uh, Wonderland, I believe. And he's got a brand new uh, electric band uh, called Tokyo Motor Fist. And uh, super busy. They, they just played the Kiss uh, Creatures Festival. Uh, they, they just stay busy, but they are so super true to who they are. And they know that it started with Trickster and they're going to you know, keep it going. Man, I'm just I'm excited to bring him to town just so, so people can meet him. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about that too. Uh and uh and and what 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 better area uh for for you to bring acoustic trickster than right here in Lake Norman, North Carolina, uh which is right on the outskirts of Charlotte. Like just it's just a, a just a quick drive uh from Charlotte to Lake Norman. Uh and and the cool thing is is it's kind of where Lake Norman is, it kind of sits in the center. So it doesn't matter if you're from Charlotte, South Carolina, Winston-Salem, Hickory. Uh, it's all just just a, a very short drive, uh, and 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 it would definitely be be worth the trip. Uh, you know, getting to come out and get this close to uh, to a couple of guys that that were uh, in in a you know in the huge band Trickster from the '90s, and like you said, they they also play for other bands and do a lot of cool stuff. So. Uh, I highly, oh, yeah. highly recommend uh, coming out uh, on um, Friday, October twenty eighth uh, at nine p.m. is when is when the show is going to start. Uh, but I'm but I would yeah, highly suggest right. getting there a lot sooner than nine, uh, so that 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 you can sec- secure your spot and uh, also take in the atmosphere because uh, Boatyard is uh, is is it's the happening place in the uh, Cornelius area. 
Um, it is is nicknamed the region's premier live music venue, and the and and folks that they're they're that, that that's that's not just a slogan. That's not just a gimmick. It's the truth. I've been by that building several times, and uh, it it looks like it's uh you know a state of the art place. So uh, I'm I'm excited for 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 you and Trickster. Man, I appreciate it, and I really appreciate you bringing it out to your listeners and and uh, and helping me get the word out to everybody. Because I really want people to to appreciate uh, uh, the guys and and show them that love, so they can show it back. And you know, tickets are twenty bucks for this thing. Uh, day, I think day of show they go up to twenty five, but uh, they can still get them now for twenty bucks. And uh, you know, it's first come first serve, and uh, there's food out there. Come on out. It is going to be a 21 and over show. I, I tried to get that changed, but that's just the way the venue uh, has has things set up. Uh, so, unfortunately, it is a 21 and over show. But, uh, you know, that's going to get a sitter and come on out. Uh, 20 bucks, you can't beat it. No, you can't. And it's great family entertainment. And, I mean, shoot, you, uh, you know, th- this day and time, you uh, can't go and see uh, a big-time band uh, for twenty bucks anymore, uh, you know, no. long, you know, if, if if you go out to the uh, uh, PNC, uh, you're, you're you're for lawn seats for a lot of shows. You end you end up dropping fifty dollars uh, for lawn seats, and here you pay twenty, and you're going to be up close and personal. And not only that, but you get to sit and uh, and meet the and meet the guys in the band, take some pictures, get some autographs, and who knows, maybe they might uh, share share some road stories. They may not be as good as a wrestler's show uh, road <laughs> stories, but no, nah, I'm I'm teasing. I'm 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 sure I'm sure they're just as good. Um, well, but, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna do something right now for your listeners, okay? For your listeners, okay. And the people who have listened to this podcast, if they can, the first three people that can come up to me the night of the show, the the night of the trickster show, and can uh, tell me the uh, where the event is going to be held uh, the next night on October 29th at that at the bar at the uh, the uh, where the wrestling event is going to take place. If they can come up and tell me where that's going to be, now go ahead and remind everybody one time now. All right, so so the NAWA is coming in uh, to Charlotte, um, and uh, I'm sorry, give me one second because my my okay, here we go. So uh, Saturday night, October the 29th, like 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 Lee was saying, the very next night, uh, you 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 can go down to Charlotte, which is uh, not very far from Cornelius, um, and see the NAWA put on a free event um, at Devil's Logic Brewing, uh, and that address again is 1426 East Fourth Street. In downtown Charlotte, North Carolina, um, and uh, there you will see tons of matches. Uh, but the best part is it is absolutely free. Uh, come out and support the NAWA. But before you support them, come out and support Acoustic Trickster. Uh, they're at Boatyard in Cornelius. Uh, and, That's right. Uh, and like 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 uh, Lee said, if you come up to Lee and tell him where the NAWA show is going to be held at, and he is going to hook you up. That's right. You're going to get, uh, I've got pr- uh, prize packs for the first three. And those first three are also going to uh, 
be the first three people in line for the meet and greet. They will not have to wait in line. They're going to be the first three people in line for the meet and greet. And uh, there's going to be something special and uh, something else, but I'm not going to let that out quite yet. Oh, nice. So, so fans, what he's trying to say is you do not want to miss this event. It is going to be something for the ages right here in uh, Cornelius, North Carolina on Friday, October 28th. That is less than a, uh, well, it is seven days away. Uh, so next Friday night, next Friday night, uh, this, uh, this, this great, uh, uh, con- this great show is going to take place. Uh, you will see Steve Brown and PJ Farley from acoustic trickster with Ben Hans right. on percussion. Uh, now, is 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 there going to be another opening act, or is it, or is it just going to be acoustic trickster all night? No, man. Actually, um, I have uh, been helping out a, uh, a guitar store in Lincolnton for quite a while, uh, doing interviews and guitar reviews and stuff for them, their YouTube channel. But while working with there, uh, I've become friends with uh, some of the people who actually work in the store, and. Mm-hmm. They've got a new band called Cosmazul. Okay, it's K-O-Z-M-A-Z-U-U-L. Cosmazul, and uh, people, it's at the bottom of the of the uh, the promo poster for the Trickster show. And they have really developed a new following. They've got some new songs they've recorded. They're an original band, um, really coming out and doing some really really cool, fresh new things. And I thought it'd be a, a lot of fun to bring them out and let them open for trickster so somebody brand new opening somebody for somebody who's an established artist uh and uh you know they uh from what i understand they're bringing some people so you know they got quite the following already nice so cosmos will actually be opening up yes that is awesome and 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 i know a lot a lot of people think well you know the binge buster show is mostly a uh wrestling podcast but uh that that's that's incorrect because every week uh, when we do these podcasts, Chris and I uh, always we uh, talk about the classic '80s rock music, and we talk about wrestling. That that's that's the uh, two things that have kept me uh, alive and sane uh, all these forty uh, some years that I've been on this earth. Um, so uh, the the Binge Buster Show is about music and about wrestling, and I thought, what what better way to uh, to uh, to bring our podcast to us this week than to talk about Acoustic Trickster, who is right here, going to be right here in the in my literally my backyard. Um, Cornelius is like ten minutes from my house. Uh, I think Boatyard from my house to Boatyard is like twelve minutes and fourteen seconds or something like that. So, uh, <laughs> so not very far from from me. So I'm excited to uh, to to have them. And you know what, what's so cool about about this area is a lot of famous people come through here. And as a matter of fact, Lee, um, I know earlier you were talking about MTV. Um, when uh, when when Trickster was 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 out and about, and they were they were hitting the, the waves of MTV, there was a TV show on MTV called Headbangers Ball, and the host sure was. the host of that show, Ricky Rackman. Uh, he actually lives right here in Mooresville. I, I run into him all the time out on the street, and a super nice guy. Uh, he um, he had surgery this past week, so. Uh, all of my listeners and, and of course myself want to wish uh, Ricky a speedy recovery. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I uh, when when I first started getting into podcasting, Ricky had a podcast called 
uh, Cat House Hollywood. And uh, on that podcast, oh, yeah. he would talk about stories of the Cat House. And, uh, you know, always when I was a kid, the first time I ever saw a Cat House, Tommy Lee from Motley Crue was wearing a Cat House T-shirt. And I thought, oh, Cat House, that, that must be a strip club, you know. Um, and then I see the, uh, Guns N' Roses, uh, Paradise City video and lo and behold, uh, Axel's wearing a cat house shirt. So I'm like, cat house must be something in California. And sure enough, it was, it was a rock club. Um, and, uh, and from what I understand, it was, uh, it was, a it was great. Uh, so if, if, uh, you want to kind of relive those days of your cat house, come down to the boatyard. And, uh, and I think and that would be great. A night with Acoustic Trickster. I think that'd be great. Actually, uh, I was in touch. I'm, I met Ricky uh, at the Tom Tom Kiefer from Cinderella was in town probably eight years ago, maybe six years, something like that. Uh-huh. But um, I met Ricky at uh, at that show at uh, it might have been Amos's there in Charlotte, and uh, and when I booked this show uh, with Trickster. Um, I sent him a message and he was excited that music is coming to this area. And uh, the, when I printed, actually, you know, a lot of my uh, promotions been just printing flyers as, you know, mm-hmm. back in the day I would have. And uh, the first place I took flyers was the cat house offices in Morrisville. And so, uh, yeah, I don't, whether Ricky, uh, is able to come or not i don't know i know he's had surgery so he probably will not be able to make it um but uh but he's very aware of the show and was super supportive when uh, when i sent him a message about it um somebody else that was super supportive was uh a a, a wrestler from the um from, i think the mid 90s um rick savage oh yeah um, okay his, Frank Frank Hewlett, um, he uh, had his own TV show for quite a while, and he is a just he loves music. And I told him that you know these guys were coming. He said I'll be there. And so nice. <laughs> whether or not he sh- he still can come or not, I'm not sure. Uh, but I did send him a message to let him know that this was happening. Um, so you know it's it's going to be a big night, uh, and I hope to pack the place out because what that does is that supports uh, local music in this area. And if we have a show that's successful, that just means that more shows are coming down the line. Yeah. And uh, speaking of shows coming down the line, uh, the word, the word was announced today. Uh, Stadium tour is now a world tour. Uh, I think they're starting back up in February, uh, hitting uh, Europe. And, uh, and so, um, and then, so hopefully this this coming summer maybe they'll make it back to the states. It might be the next year, but uh, but uh, alive and well. And one more thing I want to talk about right right before we uh, end the show tonight. I know we it seems like we've been all over the place, but uh, word there's a lot of rumor flying around the internet that uh, maybe Mick Mars might be uh, not not really leaving Motley Crue, but uh, maybe not being able to uh, f- fulfill all these worldwide dates. And there's rumor that John Five from Rob Zombie might be filling his 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 spot. Could you imagine uh, John Five and Motley Crue? I, I don't know of anybody else that could do it. Uh, when I when I first heard that, I thought to myself, uh, I felt bad for Mick because Mick is uh, just a sweetheart of a guy, 
And I was like, well, I hope they're not doing that to him. Right. Uh, but um, I also I heard John say John five say that that was a rumor. But of course, of course, that's what he's going to say. You right. know, he's going to yeah. deny it till the end. Yeah. Um, but I, then I started thinking about it. And if if it's going to happen with mixed blessing, who else are they going to get? I think John would be the perfect choice. I really, really do. John's a great player. And uh, I don't. I really don't know of anybody else who could do it justice um, as far as the the stage show of yeah. it. Uh, being able to play the songs, there's tons of guys, but actually the theatrics of it and understanding what Mick and Molly Crew have done for so many years, I think John's perfect. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, and who knows if you know some of the fans uh, doesn't doesn't like the fact he's in there. They always change the name from Motley Crew to Motley Five Six. <laughs> I think you should throw that out there. That's a yeah, great idea. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good, a good name. But you know, um, you, need, you should you need to trademark that. That's right. I'm gonna copyright it and then I'm gonna sell it to Nikki. No, um, but uh, <laughs> but but you know what? Going back r- r- real quick, um, I think, and I've said this, on, I've said this on on other podcasts, and since you you were such a, a music buff as myself. I want to run this by you real quick before we go off the air. So in sure. 1994, when Vince Neil left Motley Crue and they put John Karabi in the place, um, right. the album I thought sounded great. It was a good album, mm-hmm. but it tanked. And I think the right. reason why it tanked is because the fans were used to Motley Crue with Vince Neil's type of singing, you know, the high, the high pitch type uh, screaming type singing. Um, right. and then they bring in this grungy, edgy, uh, John Karabi. I, to this day, I feel like when they got rid of Vince, if they had, um, changed the name of the band from Motley Crue to something else, that album would have been very, very successful. Uh, I agree with you. And it's, it's, it's odd that you bring that up because that is my favorite album of all time of from any band that's ever graced the earth uh that album i was there in uh at in uh, in charlotte i was 16th row for the show with john karabi i'll never forget him singing home sweet home and me thinking man that's how that song should sound yeah um i was never i was never a before that i was never a huge uh, vince neal fan um, I had seen him uh, with Van Halen when he opened for Van Halen in, I think it was 93, yeah. um, after he had, he had gone solo. And he did a pretty good job then. I, but um, actually with him, with Motley Crue, I was never just the big fan back in the day. But when Karabi came in, there was something about that grit, something about the, yeah. the angst, something about the power in that. If you listen to that album – Tommy Lee's drums are massive. I don't know what they did, but his drums are massive. Yeah. Uh, the song, the songwriting, um, when they were when they were writing with Karabi, um, I think, you know, and it's been said uh, in interviews. Nikki Six has said, "Man, I love having somebody to write with, because yeah. Nikki has to write everything." Right. And so he he loved having someone to write with. Uh, and I've heard him deny it since, but he said it back in the day. And there's there's video footage of it. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I love Karabi. Um, I actually was so fortunate to to sit with him for an interview 
uh, about a year and a half ago. And uh, it's one of the, I've, I've never really, really been nervous for anything, um, but I was super anxious for that because I've, I'm a, just a, I'm a super fan. You know, you, you said the word Mark earlier. That's probably the one person I marked out over yeah. was Karabi and, and, uh, and that album. That album is 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 uh, a ten on a ten scale for me. Yeah, and 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 you know, uh, 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 I, I I say that word Mark uh, kind of jokingly, but um, but at the end of the day, we're all Marks. Well, I mean, the reason why we're into wrestling, the reason why we're into music, is because we are fans. We start out, you you you, uh, you 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 don't wake up one day and go, hey, you know what? I don't know shit about wrestling. I don't know shit about playing a guitar. But I think I'm gonna go do that. You, you, right. It, that 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 doesn't exist because you have to be a fan first. Uh, once sure. you become a fan, then then your heart opens up, and then your passion opens up, and then you do, then then you become whatever it is that you are thinking about, or dreaming about, or hoping for. Um, and right. uh, and, and you know, when I was growing up uh, as a kid, I, I I had a couple of idols. Uh, my my wrestling idol was Ric Flair. When I grew up, I said I want to be like Ric Flair, or I want to be like the Rock and Roll Express. And uh, then I then when I when I got into music, um, I said, "Oh man, I, I want to be like Tommy Lee from Motley Crue." Um, and and as I and and this is so crazy, but like as I look at my life and how my life is has has transpired up into this point, um, you know. A lot of times I have lived my life uh, a lot like Motley Crue um, and a lot like Ric Flair. <laughs> like, like I, I, I'm not going to air my dirty laundry on, on my podcast, but I can look back and go, something I did, I'm like, holy shit, that's something Ric Flair did, or that's something Ric Flair would have done, right. or that's something Tommy Lee did, or Vince Neil, whatever. But but I, I, can, I, can, I can look at something in my life and go, shit, they, they did that too. And and I sure. think I think a lot of us I think that happens to a lot of us is, um, you you your life or who you are you 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 if 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 there's something that you enjoy or or you have an idol somehow or another something that they done you end up doing it at some point in your life you're gonna end up you know doing something like that. Uh, now you will. Now, one thing I never, I, I never, I never dabbled in drugs because uh, early on, I, I, you know, I had people or close to me, I could see what happened. Um, so I never got that far, but uh, but yeah, Ric Flair with the womanizing. Oh yeah, man, I could write a book on that one. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> I got, I got, I got to share this. So a few years ago, I was listening to Ric Flair's podcast. And uh, his old, his original podcast, and they were doing like Ask Flair anything, and they were like Rick, like like when when a girl like like when you get with a girl and like you know you know it's going down, it's you know the you know it's not working out, like like what what is your like best I like 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 what what is your advice on on how to break up with that person? And Rick Flair said, "Well, that's easy." Lose my number, you stupid bitch. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, I've said that a few times, <laughs> you know. Uh, but uh, and, and, Rick, you know, Rick's a treasure. Yeah, yeah, he's a natural treasure, and and uh, and there'll never be another one like him. Um, but 
But, you know, I, I, I'm not going to sit there and say, hey, let's listen to home. You're going to break up with somebody. Tell them, leave my number, you stupid bitch. Oh, by the way, Tony Binge told me to say that on his podcast. I'm yeah, not, exactly. I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying that. But I'm just saying, like, like certain things that I, that I have seen from my idols, I, somehow or another, I've done that. And I'm like, man, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. uh, sure. But, but I, I really do think. But yeah, I, I really but, do think. You, I think that. Yeah, I really do think that you take little bits I've always looked at it as puzzles. You're going to take a bit from one person, a bit from another person, a bit from another person, Yeah. whether it's your parents or whether it's people that you idolize on TV. And you're going to put all those pieces together into the puzzle that's going to eventually turn out to be your life. And when I always thought it'd be cool if, if at the end of my life I could look back and be able to point out the pieces of my puzzle that I could attribute to somebody else. And uh, there are pieces in that puzzle that I can attribute to uh, that 94 Motley Crue album. And, you know, to answer your original question, uh, I do think that they would have uh, been 10 times bigger if they had changed the name. Yeah. Um, I think think that, I think they would have gone back to, to crew at some point because of management. And if you read the dirt, uh, you could really tell that and and John's book that he just put out um, that you could tell that it, management was going to have Motley Crue back with Vince Neil at some point, yeah. but they, they would have been much bigger. Absolutely. And yeah. so, but man, you know, uh, and going back to trickster, I can absolutely look back and, and see pieces in my life that are trickster. And man, I, I hope people are able to come out next Friday night and experience the same kind of thing. Cause maybe one day they'll look back and say, man, I had an incredible time here. I met somebody here. I got something signed here. I got a picture here. And um, maybe it'll, it, it might just inspire somebody to pick up a guitar. You never know. Yeah. You never know. And at the end of the day, uh, when, once they do that, they, they, they only got one person to think and that's, that's Lee. <laughs> we all go thank Lee. <laughs> Lee, thank you for bringing Trickster to uh, Cornelius, so that so that we so that now we, they inspire us to become rock musicians. Uh, but yeah, but all seriousness though, fans, definitely uh, next Friday night, make plans to uh, to bring your uh, your your significant other, your best friend, your buddy, whoever, along with River Twenty One, and bring them to the boatyard. Uh, and that address again is 18418 Statesville Road, Cornelius, North Carolina. And if you want to get advanced tickets, you can get them at boatyardlkn.com. Uh, that's boatyard, L as in Larry, K as in Kai, N as in Nancy.com. And if some of you people out in the podcast world that may not know what LKN stands for, that is Lake Norman. Uh, that is the abbreviation right. for Lake Norman, and uh, and Acoustic Trickster is going to be coming to you uh, right here live and in living color in uh, Lake Norman area. Uh, Lee, I really appreciate you, man, coming on the show tonight. I've had fun. I would love for you to come back again, um, and uh, and join us, uh, and uh, and definitely, hopefully, uh, maybe in November, uh, you get to walk the aisle with me. It would be an honor. And uh, I'm really going to put some thought into this and uh, maybe uh, we'll talk off air and uh, a couple of times in the next week or so, maybe come up with something. Uh, and uh, I think it will be a lot of fun. Yeah. I, and I appreciate the offer, man. I really, really do. Yeah. And, and uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. 
Well, fans, I think that's going to wrap us up this week for the for the Binge Buster Show. Uh, you can uh, go like us on our Facebook page if you haven't already uh, and get updates. Uh, and then, of course, also go to BoatyardLKN.com for your tickets for the Acoustic Trickster Show coming up next Friday on October 28th. Uh, for Lee, I am Tony. We will see you next week here on the Binge Buster Show. Thank you for listening to The Binge Buster Show. Make sure you like us on Facebook and download us on your favorite podcast platform.